Hi everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are going to talk about being a mental Olympiad. There's a lot of different directions that we could go in talking about being a really strong competitor when it comes to mental strength. And the reality of it is, is that seven months into this project, seven months into trying to be our best selves and create the biggest difference in the world for other people and do it one podcast episode at a time, it doesn't come without variation, right? So when you think in retrospect of the changes that our world has seen over the course of the last couple months, you are understanding that there has been a tremendous economic impact. You also are looking into responses to certain emergencies that have happened in life. And your body is changing, right? The uh, pandemic is still very real right now. It has a Delta variant that they're calling the war against the unvaccinated, right? So it's attacking the people who are unvaccinated more than those who are. And we're getting back to the time of year where it's back to school and a lot of people kind of have PTSD a little bit from their children not being able to go to class regularly and things of that nature and trying to understand where to place all of these responsibilities, especially when you're looking at such a broad and unfamiliar territory still, right? And With all of that being said, here we are listening faithfully, trying to put these goals in motion. And to be able to do that takes a lot of mental strength, right? We've already talked in this podcast about thickening your skin so that you can take that criticism and you can make it constructive and you can use it to be better, to feel better. We've also talked about many times taking risks and not being afraid to take those risks. We've talked about how important physical fitness is when you're relating it to a parallel such as your mental fitness. And there have been a lot of things that I've gone through over the course of the last couple weeks that have really been light bulbs for me. Like, for instance, I, of course, was in the hospital. So when you're in the hospital during a pandemic, you notice all of the significant changes that have taken place. And it makes you reappreciate everything that you have. And, and those of you who listen often, you know that I'm all about gratitude and I'm all about loving everything that you have. You could have everything in the world and you would still want something that somebody else might have, whether it be love or an emotion that you have a hard time obtaining, right? Or it could be something that you physically think that you want, but then once you get it, it doesn't mean as much to you anymore. And that's something to keep in mind also that you're always going to be chasing something, right? At least if you have that sense within you of valor and loyalty and strife, you're always going to have a goal that you're trying to get to. And I think that's what led you here to this podcast because you're interested. You're interested in being educated on how to be your best self, interested on how to spread happiness and wellness and positivity to the people that are around you. And you're interested in being habitually proactive with the success of your life as you see it in your own eyes. 
sometimes it's not about what everybody else thinks. It's more about the sense of accomplishment that puts you to sleep at night if you don't have high anxiety uh, that keeps you up um, like I I do sometimes, right? So uh, today I'm going to uncover a couple spiritual tools that will help you mentally. I'm going to be talking about a couple of my own uh, pieces of advice um, in regards to things that have helped me in the past. And I'm also going to be uncovering a couple different types of anxiety and see if they relate to anybody who's listening. And I'm going to wrap it all up in this beautiful bow uh, by giving us some exercises Monday through uh, Friday, I believe, or maybe it's Sunday. We'll have to, we'll have to see. Uh, of what you can do each day and you might want to write it down sometimes I let you guys know grab a pen or a a piece of paper and jot down some of these exercises because I am also doing the same thing this is a great part for me to tell you that uh, I am I am just getting into the life coach thing I am not a therapist by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not a psychiatrist. I simply am a human being and I have this podcast and I do each episode uh, as I am doing exercises for myself to try to come out of the year 2020, which was a very disturbing year on many different levels. And I decided I needed some peace and tranquility and drive and stamina and motivation to not only be my own best self, but make a difference in the lives of others, whether it be through charity or budgeting or spiritual, financial, learning about investing opportunities. Uh, A lot of what I actually am passionate about is spiritual. I I love finding that even keel ground where I feel lighter um, mentally, like the weight of the world isn't leaning on my shoulders. And I love to meditate. I do it several times a day. And as I was meditating, I started thinking about how wonderful it would be to go on a journey in the beginning of the year. And if I could take everybody along with with, with me, which was an amazing goal to have. So... Um, without further ado, let's open this up by talking about um, the dealing with anger, right? Now, I know that that's kind of dropping the bomb right in the beginning of the podcast episode, but I usually talk very light first, and then I kind of take it into the depth and kind of leave everybody with some final thoughts about where we're going and where we've been and, you know, how we're dealing with the emotions. And I think one of the most powerful emotions is anger. Now, everybody deals with their anger in different ways. Some people call it passion. And yes, it is a form of passion. Absolutely. It's that strength. It's that, you know, charisma. It really is the heat of a moment, right? And then usually after you're finished getting angry, you reflect back and you don't even know really how it ended up that way or how you got that way or what you said or what you did. So a couple tips that I came across that I think are great. Um, And I'm pretty passive. It takes a lot to get me angry. Anybody who knows me knows that about me. But then once I get angry, um, it's a whole different thing. I was definitely a little bit more... Um, I was a little bit more short patient 
whenever I was younger. As I get older, I, I look at a lot of things and I'm just like, okay, you know, I've been there, I've done that, you know, this will pass. And I think that I can speak for a lot of people when I say that when you when you reach a certain age, you kind of not care less, but you just know that this is common, this is not common, this is out of the ordinary. Oh, you've known people that this has happened to and they were fine, you know. But when you're younger and you're a little bit more inexperienced, you hear some of these items and you really freak out like you just tend to you know go with your gut on it and your gut tells you to just go off the deep end right so um I thought that this was an interesting emotion to start with because the reason why I named this the mental olympiad is because we are in the middle of the Tokyo Olympics right now and you know there's so much awesomeness that can be said about these athletes but on the side note, as we are trying to go through this journey together, there's so much to be said about our abilities to be mentally stable and be with the life that is our program. You know, the, the genuine participation in being your best self is a strength that's overlooked, right? You got to get up every day knowing that you might have had a bad day the day before or you may be having a bad week. You know, when it rains, it pours sometimes and you still have to get up. The sun still shines. You have to deal with the same problems. They're not going to be there, you know, not waiting for you if you run from them. You just best to face it and deal with it and move forward, right? So reeling myself back in, the first item we're talking about, actually the second, if you if you think about all the things we just touched upon, is anger. So there's types of anger, right? So when you're when you're thinking about the types of anger, you need to get you you need to keep yourself in check right? It's hard to make smart choices when you're in the grips of a powerful negative emotion. Now, how many times have you gotten into it with somebody and then turned around and said, I would have never said that. I cannot believe that I just said that. Or I regret that day. I regret what I said so badly, right? Common. Don't think that you're the only person. If that's you, the anger that you feel when you're adrenaline is pumping and your blood pressure is high and you're feeling these these fits are actually paired with anxiety uh, they are natural emotions and the best thing that you can do for yourself is think of the exercises that calm you down so to calm you down understand that dwelling is something that doesn't make anything better we've talked about depression in the past in this podcast and dwelling with anger is the same kind of concept if you sit around and you dwell over something and you hold a grudge with it for a really long time it doesn't benefit the person that you're mad at it doesn't teach them a lesson uh it really it just puts that negativity in a thickened state in between you and that person or you and those people it does nothing but waste time. And no matter how bad the situation is, uh, the dwelling is only going to hurt yourself at the end of the day because it will become a negativity that burns through you and it will create more damage to yourself than it will the person that you're upset with. Um, although at any point in time, you will realize, if not already, that being angry with people in the first place doesn't change anything communication is what changes things being angry doesn't show anyone that you're more serious about something that you were before you got mad about it the 
moral of that is just that you can convey things in such a way that they are understood clearly without showing anger. Sternness can come useful sometimes if people aren't taking you seriously. When you are stern with them, they seem to understand a little bit better if you have to be. But anger is a totally different emotion. Change the way that you think is really important and learning to relax, right? Improving your communication skills and thinking about maybe even getting more active, right? So I told you guys in previous podcast episodes, whenever you get into an argument with someone, it's always useful to go for a walk, go for a run, go someplace and blow off steam. If you like to punch a punching bag, go ahead and do that. If you like to really break up a like get a sweat going, there's something so refreshing about getting that adrenaline moving. And it kind of positions those thoughts and those feelings and that energy into a different compartment. It makes you look at things a little bit differently. Uh, you know, A, you're stepping away from the situation at hand. And B, you've given things a little bit of more time to marinate, which makes all the difference in the world. So you want to make sure that you recognize and avoid your triggers also. So like I said earlier, a lot of times anger pairs up with anxiety and it creates this big explosion of emotion. If you know what kind of triggers are affecting your emotions, then the best thing in the world that you can do and a little bit of a hack as well is to avoid those triggers. If you're avoiding those triggers, then you're kind of thinking around Uh, what is stopping you from being your best self. If you get angry easy, if you're short patient, if you're not motivated, if you feel like you don't have a light to shine for you, then you need to find it, right? So it's really important to know how to recognize your triggers and control your anger. Lightening things up just a little bit, I wanted to talk about anxiety. I don't really go into it too much in this podcast uh, just because there's so many different types of it and I feel like it has gotten the spotlight. It's been on the billboard a lot more in the last 10 years or so than it ever has and that's pretty awesome because whereas they used to call it butterflies in your stomach when you're nervous about something big, now they call it something else, right? Where you were nervous about going and doing something, now they call it something else. If you walked away from a situation that made you uncomfortable and you were shaking, then it's called something else. And by this pattern that you hear me going through, understand that that something else is anxiety. It was the elephant in the room that had been there for years that nobody wanted to talk about. And now that they've talked about it, it seems that everybody is comfortable with admitting that they have some sort of anxiety. It's very rare not to. And it's very common as a human being to feel those emotions. A lot of times before I have to go to the doctor for a big appointment or I have something that's coming up in a few days, I've told you guys all I have issues with talking in front of people in person, I will find myself riddled with anxiety, which is plaguing to me. I have what's called a generalized anxiety disorder, which basically means that it's excessively feeling tense or, you know, learning about 
emotions when you're getting anxious. I used to always think that it was a wonderful nervousness or it was a bad nervousness or it was something that created, you know, occasional butterflies in my stomach. Uh, over the course of the last couple years, I've mentioned before, I had to go to some therapy to get approved for my weight loss surgery. And in that, um, I found out a whole bunch of things about myself in a very small amount of time. But one of the biggest revelations was that I was diagnosed with the generalized anxiety disorder. And it has helped me greatly. You know, there was always such a negative cloud that came upon someone that, you know, has any kind of disorder whatsoever. And I'm so grateful that those clouds have been lifted and that people are taken seriously with stuff like this because it's helped me um, understanding and continuing to uh, learn how to curb my generalized anxiety disorder has helped me focus uh, when you don't have it diagnosed you have something that's called fog brain and that's something that I also had paired with my thyroid disease that was also undiagnosed for most of my life so when I finally got to talking to some people and I got to get on the right path with um, therapy and, and like hormone therapy and things like that I've really started to think clearly and understand everything about life and it got me more organized and it got me more confident and it got me challenging myself and taking the risks that we talk about and you know putting a balloon of different challenges out there for myself and everybody who's listening to say hey let's face this head on it was something that I would have never done before my diagnosis and something that I highly suggest that everybody listening if you haven't already Go and talk to someone. Find out if you are in any of these blanks because if you are, it might help you as much as it's helped me. I am definitely one of the happiest people that you'll ever meet. Anybody who knows me knows that. Um, But I still worry that, you know, something that I worked really hard on just might not be good enough. Or, you know, maybe I didn't get the best gift for someone. Or, you know, oh, they didn't call me when they said they would. Oh, I bet you they're mad. You know, and when people actually are upset with me, it's a whole other level of just either I am one extreme or the other. I deal with it worried every night and I lose sleep and I lose all kinds of thought time on it I mean that I can't change we've talked about that before or I'm the opposite and it's like a light switch and it just turns that part of my life off until I can process what has happened right so I mean that's just my individual story with it but I mean everybody has different stuff it's it's an amazing I'm very fortunate that that was all that I had gotten diagnosed with in regards to that. But it was something I definitely want to talk about because it's the most common anxiety level to have. And, um, you know, there's other people that I surround myself with that also have generalized anxiety disorders of different kinds. And, um, you know, they're the most funnest, smartest, intelligent incredible people to be around and you would never know and it might be because we're all secret perfectionists that just want the best out of life but um either way now that we can put a label on it we can share it with other people and ask the questions that nobody asks wants to ask right so uh the 
Next way that I wanted to transition this podcast episode is to um, talk about um, talk about some other um, daily exercises that you can do. Uh, really important to understand your options when uh, thinking about the daily um, the daily ways that you can help yourself, right? The daily things that you can do for yourself to help your anxiety. Uh, and so I wanted to shed a light on, you know, Monday through Sunday and being your best spiritual self because sometimes that, you know, reigns a bunch of advantages over your life and the people around you. Okay, so we are going to be talking about the seven spiritual laws of success. Since this is our mental Olympiad episode, I wanted to transition into spiritual laws of success. This is what I talked about in exercises and understanding that Monday through Sunday, you can get an understanding of things you can do spiritually to create that strength and kind of create that forgiveness and create that freeness that you so very much deserve uh, in your life. And it rubs off on other people that are around you. Understanding and being educated about it is more powerful than any other tool that you can possess. So as we are continuing this journey together, it is important that we understand our spiritual selves because at the end of the day, we are the people wearing these body costumes, right? And that sounds so hippie for me to say that, but I heard somebody else say it the other day and I, I ran across this, this YouTube channel the other day and I thought that it was so fascinating. It was a photographer who interviews people who live a very hard life. It was prostitutes. It was um, people who were inbred. It was people who were uh, addicted to all different kinds of drugs. It was people who were incredibly poor, homeless, uh, living on the street. And he does these interviews with them and asks them, you know, how did you get this way? What cause, what is your life like now? I mean, really interesting pieces about these people, these real life people, unedited, telling about what their life is like. And some of them are very matter of fact, and they say that they don't regret how their life has been and that they are happy with how their life is and that there's misconceptions about how people view them because you know society puts these stereotypes on people and automatically assumes that the cover of the book tells the entire story and I've read a lot of books that talk about how there's so much that is deeper than that emotionally and that there's so many people who don't even give it the time of day to understand what makes those people tick so I found it so interesting and I don't know the name offhand of the artist I'll have to get back to you guys on it but um, he's a photographer and a very talented interviewer. And he says in the trailer of his YouTube channel that he wasn't trying to get famous off of this or anything like that. He wanted to showcase his art and make a difference. And it kind of reminded me of what I'm trying to do with this podcast 
is figure out a way to make a positive change in the world. And the best way that you can do that is trying to rub off some of the things that you think are really useful in life and to learn lessons in teams and learn lessons in groups and kind of let yourself fall and be vulnerable to that and then getting back up like I talk about all the time and then taking those lessons and sharing them with others. I think that you know, everybody as a strengthened unit uh, can be anything that they want to be if they understand what's happening inside their head and understanding who they are. And that was one of the things that came up in some of the research that I was doing is the skin suit. And I thought that that was so interesting. So anyway, the first law is the law of pure potentiality, right? So that's the very first spiritual law of success. And, and it is a lot based on the fact that we are in our central state pure consciousness pure consciousness is pure potentiality it's the field of potential of possibilities and infinite creativity pure consciousness is our spiritual essence and being infinite is unbounded it's also pure joy right so it's the essential difference between object referral and self-referral is in self-referral you experience your true being which is unfearful of any challenge and has respect for all people and fears no one it's therefore the truest power that you can have right so i mean understanding some of these is you know the most purest I would say Um, you know and one of them is just you know like I said in the laws of success it's something that you know it's potentially the greatest spiritual step that you can take for yourself number two is the law of giving right so the universe operates through this dynamic exchange giving and receiving are different aspects in the flow of energy in the universe and our willingness to give that we seek it is that we keep the abundance of the universe circulating in our lives so you guys know that i I, i'm a true believer in energy right that someone who's in a bad mood can bring all the energy in a room down by entering it and someone in a great mood can bring all of the energy up when everybody feels like the energy is hopeless I feel like that can work in so many different ways right you can pump people up you can tell them how wonderful they are you can create confidence you can create excitement have you ever seen a sports team win a championship and how they get so excited that they start mosh pitting right and as a viewer you're like what are they doing unless you're a fan and then you might be mosh pitting in your living room or behind a pickup truck but in actuality that is energy just just fighting to get out of the body that is adrenaline that's picking up the car when nobody else feels like they have the strength you know it's those miraculous measures that save the lives of others when normal strength can't possibly do those kind of amazing things and it's definitely something that is important there is a law of giving that can be applied and it's important to understand how you make this law go into effect the following steps are applying the law of giving and that's number one wherever you go and whoever you encounter you aim to bring them some sort of gift it may be a compliment a flower and say today I give something to everyone I come in contact with and so 
I will begin the process of circulating joy, wealth, and affluence in my life and the lives of others. Number two is today I will gratefully receive all the gifts that life has to offer me. I will receive the gifts of nature, sunlight, and the sounds of birds singing or spring flowers or the first snow of winter. I will also be open to receiving it from others, whether it be in the form of a material gift, money, a compliment, or a prayer. And then number three, I will make a commitment to keep wealth circulating in my life by giving and receiving life's most precious gifts, the gift of caring, affection, appreciation, and love. Each time I meet someone, I will silently wish them happiness, joy, and laughter. Number three, is the law of karma or cause and effect? Every action generates a force of energy that returns to us like it's kind. We sow what we reap. And when we choose actions that bring happiness and success to others, the fruit of our karma is happiness and success. Karma is the eternal assertion of human freedom. Our thoughts, our words and deeds are the threads of the net which we throw around ourselves. Very interesting. Number four, the law of least effort. Nature's intelligence functions with effortless ease, with carefreeness, harmony, and love. When we harness the forces of harmony, joy, and love, we create success and good fortune with effortless ease. An integral being knows without going, sees without looking, and accomplishes without doing. Right? So this law is based on the fact that nature's intelligence are functions with effortless ease and abandons and carefulness. If you observe nature at work, you will see the least effort is expended because grass doesn't try to grow. It just grows, right? Fish don't try to swim. They, they just swim. Flowers don't try to bloom. They just bloom. Birds don't try to fly. They just fly. It's their intrinsic nature. And the earth doesn't try to spin on its own axis, right? It's the nature of the earth's spin with dizzying speed and a hurdle through space. It's the natures of babies to be in bliss. It's the nature of the sun to shine. It is the nature of the stars to glitter and sparkle. And it is the human nature to make our dreams manifest into physical form easily and effortlessly. In Vedic science, the age-old philosophy of India, this principle is known as the principle of economy or effort or do less and accomplish more. Ultimately, you come to the state where you do nothing and accomplish everything. This means that there's just a faint idea and the manifestation of the idea comes out effortlessly. What is commonly called a miracle is actually an expression in the law of least effort. Isn't that mind blowing? My friends who listen to this, isn't that incredible? The law of least effort. That's like on Under the Tuscan Sun when Diane Lane has that lady tell her that the Italian lady who likes the fountains that one day she was looking for ladybugs and couldn't find any and fell asleep and woke up and they were crawling all over her, right? Uh, anybody who's seen that movie can feel me right now. That is fantastic. The law of least effort. Lo- the least effort is expended when your actions are motivated by love because nature is held together by the energy of love. When you seek power and control over other people, you waste energy. When you seek money or power for the sake of the ego, you spend energy chasing the illusion of happiness instead of enjoying the happiness in the moment. 
When you seek money for personal gain only, you cut off the flow of energy to yourself and interfere with the expression of nature's intelligence. When your actions are motivated by love, there's no waste of energy. When your actions are, are motivated, it gives you a surplus energy. Rather, you gather it and enjoy it. It can be channeled to create anything that you want, including unlimited wealth. You can think of your physical body as a device for controlling energy. It can generate, store, and expend. If you know how to generate it, store it, expending energy can be an efficient way that you can create any amount of happiness. Applying the law of least effort. So number one is practicing acceptance by saying, today I will accept people, situations, circumstances, and events as they occur. I will know that this moment is as it should be because the whole universe is as it should be. I will not struggle against the whole universe by struggling against this moment. My acceptance is total and complete. I accept things as they are in this moment and not as I wish they were. Having accepted things as they are, number two, I will take responsibility for my situation and for all those events I see as problems. I know that taking responsibility means not blaming anyone or anything for my situation, and this includes myself. I also know that every problem is an opportunity in disguise. And this alertness to opportunities allows me to take this moment and transform it into a greater benefit. And then finally, in the least effort, number three, is today my awareness will remain established in defenselessness. I will relinquish the need to defend my point of view. I will feel no need to convince or persuade others to accept my point of view. I will remain open to all points of view and not be rigidly attached to any single one of them. Number five, the law of intention and desire. Inherent in every intention and desire is the mechanics for fulfillment. Intention and desire in the field of pure potentiality have infinite organizing power. And when we introduce an intention in the fertile ground of pure potentiality, we put this infinite organizing power back to work for us. In the beginning, there was desire, which was the first seed of mind, sages, having meditated in their hearts and having discovered their wisdom, the connection of the existent with the non-existent. So the intention of desire is based on the fact that energy and information exist everywhere in nature. In fact, at the level of quantum field, there's nothing other than energy and information. The quantum field is just another label for the field of pure consciousness and pure potentiality. Quantum field is influenced by the intention and desire, right? So a flower, a rainbow, a tree, a blade of grass, a human body, when broken down to their essential components are energy and information. The whole universe is essential in nature and is the movement of energy and information. The only difference between you and the tree is informational and energy content of your respective body, right? That bodysuit I was telling you about. On the material level, both you and the tree are made up of the same recycled elements, mostly carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, and other elements in minute amounts. Now you could buy these elements in a hardware store for a couple dollars. The difference, therefore, between you and the tree is not the carbon, not the hydrogen, not the oxygen. In fact, you and the tree are constantly exchanging your carbon and oxygen with each other. 
The real difference between the two of you is the energy and the information. In the scheme of nature, you and I are a privileged species. We have a nervous system that is capable of becoming aware of the energy and informational content that is of localized field and gives rise to our physical body. We experience this field subjectively as our own thoughts, feelings, emotions, desires, memories, instincts, drives, and beliefs. This is the same field experienced and objectively as the physical body. And though the physical body, we experience field in this world. But it's all the same stuff. That's why ancient seers claimed, I am, you are that, all this is that, and all that's all there is. Your body is not separate from the body of the universe because of the quantum mechanical levels. There's no well-defined edges. You're like a wiggle, a wave, a fluctuation, a convolution, a whirlpool, a localized disturbance in a larger quantum field. The larger quantum field, which is the universe, is your extended body. I know, listeners, that this could be quite confusing if you're not an advanced spiritual being like I am, uh, who researches it all the time. So I won't get into too deep in the nitty-gritty and peel the onion with you um, just yet. But I will go through the applications of each one of them so that you understand how they apply to you and how to do the promise of the Monday through Sunday exercises to really understand who you are and what your energy brings to the table and how it fuels your mental state to have the strength of a physical athlete, right? Applying the law of attention and desire. So number one, I'll make a list of all my desires. I'll carry this list with me wherever I go. I'll look at this list before I go into my silence and meditation and I'll look at it before I go to sleep at night. I will look at it when I wake up in the morning. Number two, I will release this list of my desires and surrender it to the womb of creation, trusting that when things don't seem to go my way, there's a reason, and that the cosmic plan has designs for me much grander than even those that I have ever conceived. Number three, I will remind myself to practice present moment awareness in all my actions. I refuse to allow obstacles to consume and dissipate the quality of my attention in the present moment. I will accept the present as it is and manifest the future through my deepest, most cherished intentions and desires. Number six, the law of detachment. In detachment lies the wisdom of uncertainty. In the wisdom of uncertainty lies the freedom from our past, from the known, which is the prison of past conditioning and our willingness to step into the unknown, all the fields of possibilities we surrender ourselves to the creative mind that orchestrates the dance of the universe. Like two golden birds perched on the self-same tree, intimate friends, the ego, and the self dwell in the same body. The former eats the sweets and the sour fruits of the tree of life, while the latter looks on in detachment. It's really interesting about detachment, right? I, I... have perceptions I have a range of possibilities I keep mystery wonder and excitement and adventure alive within me and I try to keep myself from looking at every problem that I have in my life as a negative thing I try to look at it as an opportunity for a greater benefit and I think that everybody listening can do the same so in applying the law of detachment number one 
you've got to say to yourself today, I will commit myself to detachment. I'll allow myself and those around me to be freedom and be as they are. I will not rigidly impose my idea of how things should be, and I will not force solutions on problems, therefore creating new problems. And I will participate in everything with a detached involvement. Number two, today I will factor in uncertainty as an essential ingredient of my experience. In my willingness to accept uncertainty, solutions will spontaneously emerge out of the problem, out of the confusion, disorder, and chaos. The more uncertain things seem to be, the more secure I will feel. Because uncertainty is my path to freedom, though the wisdom of uncertainty, I will find my security. Number three, I will step into the field of all possibilities and anticipate the excitement that can occur when I remain open to an infinity of choices. When I step into the field of all possibilities, I will experience all the fun, adventure, magic, and mystery of life. Number seven and our final one, the law of Dharma or purpose in life. So everyone has a purpose in life, right? A unique gift or special talent to give others. And when we blend this unique talent with a service to others, we experience the ecstasy and exaltation of our own spirit, which is the ultimate goal of all goals, right? When you work, you are a flute through those heart is the whispering of hours that turns into music. And what it is to work with love is to weave the cloth with threads drawn from your heart, even if your beloved were to wear that cloth. Applying the law of Dharma and its purpose in life will, um, will help you on day seven by saying to yourself, number one, today I will lovingly nurture the god or goddess and embryo that lies deep within my soul. I will pay attention to the spirit within me that animates both my body and my mind. And I will awaken myself to this deep stillness within my heart. I will carry the consciousness of timeless, eternal being in the midst of time-bound experience. Number two, I will make a list of my own unique talents. Then I will list all the things that I love to do while expressing my unique talents. When I express my unique talent and use it in the service of humanity, I lose track of time and create abundance in my life as well as in the lives of others. And number three, I will ask myself daily, how can I serve? How can I be of help? The answers to these questions will allow me to help and serve my fellow human beings with love. And I always tell everybody who listens to this podcast that, how can you help yourself and how can you help others? And how is that the magic and wonderfulness that you can create in your life and the effect that you have on others? It's so amazing how a simple smile at somebody or a a simple act of patience when someone needs you or a simple answering the phone or picking up the phone when someone needs to talk or when someone is lonely and understanding where that need lies and how to become one with it. What a huge difference that it makes. And with all of that, I'm going to leave you with these exercises that I hope that you you wrote down. This, um, you know, probably mentally exhausting podcast episode that I'm so happy you stuck with me with. Uh, A deep apology to those of you who aren't spiritual selves and are just trying to make yourself your best self. uh, Because it's probably sounded like I talked with... Uh, spaghetti goals uh, for a while where everything was tangling into each other and um, you know moving forward uh, putting these exercises into motion and really sharing with each other the different experiences that we've had 
and encompassing the mental strength that came from this. Now, these Tokyo Olympics, they will come and go uh, like Shark Week or any of the other fast, impactful um, times that are happening. I'm on seven, right? Uh, but at any rate, I hope that they were able to help you as much as just by reading them and, and going over them and writing some of them were helpful to me. Uh, we had a full moon the other day and I, uh, I tried a couple different exercises just, um, in practicing, organizing my goals and putting them into motion, researching my goals. And I thought of each and every single one of you that have reached out to me, talking to me about this podcast and some of your feedback. And it made me very excited to go over some of the newer items that are coming down the pipeline. So before I talk too much, I uh, hope that you have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and good night. Please feel free to reach out to me on my Life Over Matter Instagram podcast account for Instagram. You can go to Anchor and leave me a voicemail, of course, of telling me your thoughts. Please invite your friends and uh, your family to come and join us on this wonderful journey where we're just trying to be our best selves Um, and uh, that will help yourself and help others as well you just spread that positive energy and hopefully uh, the clarity that we need so until next time good night